1: Kind of a treat for me. I, you know, I'm not a stargazer. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't get uncomfortable. I've interviewed a lot of a lot of people in my career, but you know, when there's certain people that cross generations, and 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 I, I've seen since I was, you know, 13 years old, it's always fun for me. And uh, we welcome in Paul Reiser, who. Is doing stand-up at the Belding Theater in Hartford on the twelfth of November, Saturday, and there's still not 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 a ton of seats, but still plenty of seats, and I'm going to try to go myself. And Paul's joining us here on Brian and Company in WTIC News Talk 1080. Paul, how are
2: you? I'm good, thank you for that nice uh, introduction.
1: Well, it's true. Listen, I, I just tell you, like I Diner is one of my was one of my favorite movies, and that character was phenomenal, and I when i ever do a nervous thing where somebody you know wants a bite of something and doesn't you know is squeamish about asking i do the i do the whole bit and then you know obviously with beverly hills cop this is not my locker and then i mistakenly showed my kids i thought the spy who dumped me during the pandemic and I love them. It was actually one of those movies where I surprisingly enjoyed it, but they show a, a hugely inappropriate picture, like right at the beginning of the movie. Um, but it was a really fun movie, <laughs> if you remember the film. But um, so it's fun for me to, to be with you. But I, I actually, before we go back down the wayback machine, you know, we we we've dealt with you know comedians on the show. You know, we Mike Birbiglia is a guy we've had on, and and stand up. Like was stand up always a part of who you were, or is it something that's come in in another chapter of your yeah. life?
2: No, it's, it was always, it's what I started to do, and it's so funny to me, when I was in college, I was 18, and I went up, uh, at, you know, audition night, open mic night in this, in New York, in the city, at Catch a Rising Star, which is no longer there, But and that was my thing, that was like, oh, I want to be that, I don't know how you do it, but I just, I, I wanted to be, you know, see Robert Klein, and see George Carlin, and Richard Pryor, you go, well, that's it, I mean, I'm never going to be those guys, never going to be that good, but That was what I wanted to do. And then the acting sort of came in sort of back door and and took over. So I I actually, I was always touring and always performing. But when Mad About You happened in the 90s, I got busy with that. And when it was over, I was really happy to stay home. We had a new kid and, and a new house, and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to stay put. So anyway, cut two. I didn't do it for a long time, and then when I went back out, people go, "Oh, really? No, this guy's going to try his, try his hand at stand-up." Right. No, somebody the other day said, "Wait a minute, Stranger Things, that doctor is going to try to be funny." And Somebody had to explain, "No, he he actually you, does that. That's right. what he does." The other thing, I'm much more a comedian than I am a doctor. I will <laughs> say that
1: you were funny first <laughs> before you were serious. I was
2: funny first before I was uh, beaten up by Matthew Modine
1: or whatever happened. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I and I'm a fan of that show too. Uh, I, I'm a sci-fi person, so I, I really like. It. We're talking with Paul Reiser, who's going to be here on the 12th of November, Saturday, at the Belding Theater. You, do you, when with your stand-up, do you? Is it a thematic thing? Is it is it autobiographical? Like, what is your style?
2: Yeah, you know. My answer to that is always, I'm not smart enough to make anything up. So I actually only know how to talk about what happened to me. So it's automatically autobiographical. But the great thing about stand-up is people come to the show and they're laughing because they're going, oh, that sounds like me. That sounds like exactly the conversation, you know, in our house. You know, Mad About You was really, rang that bell all the time. People would say, oh, man, that fight you guys had, that's the same argument. And that's when we knew we were hitting it right as people went, oh okay, that's exactly the kind of crap that we go through yeah and um, but you know it's funny there are a lot of guys who did stand up as you say like to sort of as showcase themselves because they wanted to be an actor or they wanted to be a celebrity or whatever and for me, it was always about the stand up and now coming back to it after all these years it's I can honestly say it's the only not the only, but it is the most fun of all the things I get to do. You know, you get to be on Stranger Things or The Boys, and that's really great, and they're cool shows. But actually, doing it is—you know—it takes a long time, and you don't find, you don't see it for fifteen months or something. Stand up, you just go up and you talk and people laugh right there. And it's just the immediacy of it. And it's just, it's always been my first love. So I'm thrilled. And also to get back to the East Coast, I have not been in the area for a while. So I am excited to be coming back.
1: You know, to be honest, I I, I do listen to some other radio and there's one particular, you know, like Howard Stern talks to comedians all the time and they talk about process and all this other stuff. And they always say that. They always say that. They, they want to do stand up the most, and then you have someone like you know the Daily Show. Uh, he's going back to stand up instead of being a, a star on TV. What is it about? It? It's just that immediate reaction from people?
2: You know, I think I think all of us have a certain uh, bent. You know, and if we could do something else, we would. Or you know, or if we could not do it because there's no, it's not the most straight and narrow path and it's not the easiest but we all are drawn to it for whatever reason and um you know i mean Trevor Noah is going to do a lot of things he's a great stand up but he's also you know brilliant writer and a great uh, uh producer he's doing a lot of stuff so he's going to he's not just going to go back to chuckles comedy club he's going to be you know doing great things i'm sure but you know all of us, and it's like you know and then there' are people who develop into something else with John Stewart or bill mar- bill Marshall does tours as a stand up, but John Stewart became John Stewart, but yeah. his his background, his first uh you know he made his bones on stage yeah. becoming yeah. a stand up, and now he's taken it into a really really terrific place, yeah, but for me, it's like it's just the most fun, and you know George Carlin used to have this saying he said, "I work for free, but you got to pay me to go through the airport." <laughs> <laughs> and because that's the drag, you know it's like and I, and the you know, last weekend i forget- I can't remember where I was, <laughs> oh yeah, um, but I was yeah, I was actually up in New England, and I was in Michigan, and 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 for eighty percent of the day, I'm going, oh, this is not fun, I'm in a hotel, I'm in an airport, I'm driving, and then you get on stage, you go, all oh, right, that this is the fun part, and it just is always it's great fun and right. and the other thing is you never quite get it right. You know, every even on a great night, you go, okay, I'm not sure why that joke worked. It didn't work as well yesterday. It probably won't work as well tomorrow. There's something mysterious and elusive about it that's fun for us, too. Yeah,
1: you were in Fairfield. And listen, maybe if you come to Hartford, if you want to talk about the show more, you can always come in studio with us. We would love, love to have you. But just, I know you, you're busy, In a couple of quick minutes just humor me as we talk to Paul Reiser, who okay, uh, sure. on Saturday the 12th will be at the Belding Theater. Uh, how was it to revisit Beverly Hills Cop 35 years later?
2: Like forty years. Yeah. Um uh, it, it was insane. Uh you know, Eddie looks the same. Yeah. I only had a couple of days work and we had a scene and you know, we were trying to work in that that the uh, line of uh this is not my locker, which for some reason of everything I've ever done, that's the thing people come over and say to me. I'm going, That was a throwaway line forty years ago and people remember it, which always makes me realize, man, that movie was so widely seen and digested by everyone. You know, people love that movie. And he's great. I mean, Eddie just, you know, I'm glad. I just—I I wish he would get out. We had a whole talk about that. I said, you know, as a fan and as a friend, it's like, God, imagine, you know, I'd love to know what he does now, what he talks about at 60. Because yeah. he was so great and so sort of deliberately brash as this, you know, unbelievably confident 20-year-old, 22-year-old. But now, as a father and I think grandfather, like, well, what do you got? Where would you go? I would love to see him out
1: there. Yeah, I saw him in Raw at the Boston Garden way, way, way back in the day. So I, I appreciate. It. I just I follow this tw- Twitter feed all the right movies. They just played the clip the other day because they do these clips all the time. They talk about the the boss, the cop was a real cop, and, and then they show the yeah. scene, and there you, are, and there you are. Uh, it's really hill, c- hill, yeah. yeah, it's incredible. Listen, last question for you, like you know people who see stranger things and other stuff and they haven't seen diner i'm just curious like it you you seem to be working throughout but was there ever a lull that you thought you know or maybe you didn't worried about making the transition to a middle age or, or or later was there ever a lull in your career where you were wondering like hmm, or was it always just steady for you
2: no well there was a, there was a lull where i was staying home on purpose when after mad about you which was such a Labor intensive and, you know, it was a pro- love, it, it, it was a labor of love, but it was it was a very intense, all consuming project. So when that was done in 99, I, I just took a bunch of years off. And I was writing some projects and I did a couple of films or small things, but I was really mostly enjoying staying home. And then you don't have to make a transition, the transition happens anyway. <laughs> you know, I remember I'd get a script and I'd read, oh, wow, it's the 22 year old, oh, and he meets the girl. And I go, oh, Oh no I'm the father right okay I'm not reading I'm reading the wrong role you're not you're not 22 you're you're the dad um but you know I it's really I cannot complain in the last couple of years have been all these really interesting shows and great roles to to play with so it's um and none of it is planned. You know, if you people go, Well, you really are choosing, I go, I'm not choosing. you know, these things come up and you go, well, Yeah, I gotta do that. Are you still ad- did you
1: have to audition for like Stranger Things? Or did they just ask you?
2: No, that one was really no, they just they just called me. But in fact, on Stranger Things they had actually written the role with me in mind, hmm. which was really blew my mind. They said in the original draft the character was called Doctor Riser. <laughs> uh, and I went and I guess they figured, well we should probably do the get riser otherwise we have to type over everything um but no that was that was uh something they had in mind which kind of blew my mind because i got i had a meeting with them like the day or two after it had just dropped the first season and it was already you know a big hit everybody was talking about it and my son who had hit me to it he said you know i had so i had already seen it and then i got a call like would you want to meet these guys because they have a role for you i went that's crazy um but it worked out well yeah. It's a, it's a big-ass
1: big hit. Totally. It's a big-ass hit. Uh, Paul, listen, it's great to spend some time with you. People can check you out Saturday, the 12th uh, of November at the Belding Theater, and uh, maybe we'll catch up again sometime.
2: I look forward, and uh, it is your job to make sure that theater is filled. If okay. I see empty seats, I'm like, Elvis, I'm, uh, you know, I don't go on unless there's empty, every seat is filled, so good luck with that.
1: I'll take care of it. Thanks, Paul.
2: All right, man. All right, <laughs> All right thanks. Take yeah. care. Okay, bye-bye.